podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another post-conference presser. So this time it's with Crystal Palace coming up tomorrow evening, 7.45 Saturday night, but not with Divock Origi. So an interesting one, ladies and gents. I am your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a sunny but freezing Edinburgh. Got to say that because it is absolutely freezing despite the sun being out. And with a trip to the south, beckoning, I've got my southern pal Tom on the line as well. Tom, how are we? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. In a in a wet but bright Milton Keynes. Um, yeah, a uh, interesting fixture ahead. Thanks for having me. No worries. You didn't really sell Milton Keynes there, Tom, but we won't hold that against you <laughs> at all. That's absolutely fine. Hard to do. Yeah, probably true. So, ladies and gents, you know the format by now. We'll talk through Klopp's presser, where it's quite a, quite an eventful, quite a lively one for, for Jürgen as normal. We'll talk through, and we have to revisit Real Madrid, look for some clues from that. We'll talk through Crystal Palace, the, the next opponent, any threats, anything you're thinking for that game. And then we'll do the normal formation lineup, and Tom will play Beat the Host, where I am pleased to say, I am now winning 3-2 after Darwin scored the opener where we enjoyed the first 15 minutes and then we'll try and erase the rest from our mind, men in black style. But, Tom, we'll get into the press conference first of all. It was um, quite a lively one, to be honest, from Jurgen Klopp. Quite a lot discussed, various topics. We'll go through them one by one from the, um, the key highlights, the key snippets, so to speak. So the first bit was the talk around, it's understandable. You're feeling down, how do you pick yourself up from Real Madrid, the top four, the, the standard topics that we thought would be coming up, to be honest. So it was quite interesting, his comments. He talked about, naturally, yeah, definitely watch the game, not with the players at all. Some strong comments about, yeah, conceding five not being acceptable, but at the same time, not all bad, some bits were actually good, which, you know, might be a fair assessment from some, and really doubled down on it, talking about, repeated it a few times, the first half being really good. So I suppose the question, because listen, it's all going to be about the players till the end of the season. With what happened on Tuesday night, and, you know, where the season's gone, but what, what we could still do, I suppose you'd say, what do you think the mood will be around the club and more importantly what do you think the mood will be around or with the players right now uh i mean i can only imagine exhaustion is probably there because i can only imagine what the high is like from you know the, the previous two games i think you felt it amongst the fans you felt, and i'm sure the players felt it as well it's just we're on the up a little bit we've got yeah. a couple of good results we've got um a great result against newcastle and i think Coming from that high, and then another high within the game of going two 0 up and thinking, "Whoa, this is we're watching Liverpool again." Mm. And then for the rest of the game to kind of go as it did, I, I can only imagine that's not difficult. That's not easy to deal with. So um, I imagine the the next twenty four hours after the game was quite quite flat. However, I do think you know Klopp saying about you really need to I think he emphasised it a few times throughout the press conference about trying to emphasise those positives and yeah. just basically forgetting about the bad stuff that had happened because I mean if you dwell on that stuff I'm sure that that might have been part of the problem this season is that it's, it's in our heads now that we're, we're very vulnerable so 
yeah, I think it would be important to isolate those positives and hopefully he can really nail that into into their minds ahead of tomorrow night. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. As, listen, there was, there was plenty you could sort of look at and pull apart, for want of a better phrase, on the other night. But mm-hmm. I, I got what he was saying. It kind of, that is part of his job, to emphasise the positives, lift them up, whatever you want to call it. And also start thinking, you know, get into their heads a little bit of, listen, lads, you're not going to be playing Real Madrid every week, especially not in the Champions League, thank God. You know, you will be mm-hmm. playing a, not, yeah, lesser opposition, that's probably the, the right phrase. But the, the key point could be that if that if that stays in the mind, shall we say, in some way, it becomes the hangover then, doesn't it? And in, in essence, if we don't get a, a positive result, whatever we call that against Crystal Palace, that then sort of lingers, whereas, thinking for the next game, if we can really lift them up, almost sometimes a, another game quite quickly is the best medicine. So, you know, you yeah. get over it, move on type of thing. So I actually got what you were saying there, real focus on the positives. And there were, you know, there were things to to work with in the positive sense, which we'll come on to. Definitely things to, to look back at without a fondness, <laughs> shall we say. But yeah, I, I did like what you said in, in that regard. So I was happy with that. And yeah. Probably the next bit he starts to talk about, and natural journalists, you know, they're not stupid, they're asking the right questions. You know, you're seven points off the, the top four with a couple of games in hand was the way a specific journalist phrased it very cleverly. You know, is, mm. is that your target? I love the way he answered with a big smile. What other target would we have type of thing? So, mm. you know, he, he was ready. Standard things you'd expect, like the Champions League is incredibly important. And usually, we, he's right, we do qualify earlier, but it could be down to the wire if we do, like the COVID year, shall we say. Right now, being honest, how confident are you in us getting into the top four, would you say? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every rep. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt patches and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Personally, I'm, I'm, I think I'm maybe too com- confident or more confident than I should be, but that's only based off the rest of the Premier League. because Everything seems so hit and miss and it seems like everyone else is in somewhat of an inconsistent or a rough patch that I just kind of feel mm. like if we can just string some more results together. I know with the Tuesday aside, we're on two-game win streak. If we can make that a three-game win streak, all of a sudden you make it four-game win streak. That's the kind of run that you need to kind of put yourself in the race. And as long as we're in the race, we've got better quality than anyone else in that race to be able to actually get it over the line. So uh, naivety or over overly positive on that and not maybe overly confident but I don't know I just I, I, that's kind of what comes with being a Liverpool fan you have to be able to believe that it's possible and yeah like I said I think it's more so the rest of the Premier League's form and inconsistency and just kind of what a bit of a mental season it is that's given me more hope than anything yeah I, I can fully get behind that it's- the thing is, it'd be easy to say there's no chance, nothing at all, because you open yourself up to those people saying, oh, what are you thinking that for? You know, stupid, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. However, I mean, you've got to look at what, you know, where we are, what we are, and what we're chasing. And like you said, seven points off the top four, there's a couple of games in hand, which makes those next two or these next two games coming up absolutely massive. It's like you said, if we can string some results together, a bit of momentum, and, you know, we're right there come the end of the season, the business end. We have got that form. And then you also start to look at, I'm going to say form, also talking about history, you know, especially on the, the running and what we can string together. You then start to look at the opposition. And, and I mean this because clearly the opposition, it's Newcastle and Spurs are our main opponents, aren't they? Let's be honest at the moment. Yeah. No, no one's looking for any Man City results. We've 
you know, maybe the one positive is we've not got that torture like we used to have. We're not yeah, looking at Arsenal. Yeah. We're, we're not even looking at United. Let's be honest, you know, top three, the, the top three have gone. It's a race for mm. a top four. So you're looking at Newcastle, you're looking at Spurs, you're thinking Newcastle, Carabao, a few injuries, just starting to slip a bit. You're then thinking Spurs, and for want of a better phrase, Spurs are Spurs. So there'll always be that element, you know, that sort of positivity, shall we say, that they're going to block yeah. it any second. But at the same time, you look at it from us, and you know, there's so many concerns around different things. But if you'd asked me, if you'd asked me sort of three weeks ago, I'd have been like, absolutely no chance. We're not even, you know, we're not even having yeah. this conversation. But it probably tells you how bad the Premier League is that Liverpool have been abysmal at times and they're in the race still. So I think that says it all when you're thinking about who you're chasing. Obviously, people are heralding it. Eddie Howe was, you know, some great manager. And I'm, I'm not debating he's not had a great season or anything like that at all, but the fact that we are so close to them having had the season we had probably tells a, a bit of a different reality, shall we say. But, yeah, I think the uh, the next few are going to be absolutely crucial. But I, I like the fact that Klopp sounded bullish about it all. I'll use that phrase to, uh, to talk about the next few things. But very keen. As I liked him to do, to emphasise, I'm not thinking about Wolves. It's just Palace next. So, yeah, fingers crossed for this one. And probably the hot topic. Now, when I'm saying this, there is an embargo, as we know, at half ten tonight. So, that'll be lifted. There might be some headlines from that. But I suspect most of the snippets are going to be from the talk around, understandably, summer plans, transfers, everyone's favourite topic. So, he was asked about this, Tom. and we talked about this just before. He said a lot, but we both know there's going to be the odd line quoted here and there from his answer. Yeah. And people are going to be triggered by this. So probably the best tip I could give you if you listen to this guy and you've not seen it, watch the presser. Listen fully to what he says. Get the context rather than just an isolated line for, for reactions, clickbait, whatever you want to call, uh, call it, shall we say. So what did Klopp say? He said, we're not done. You know, we need to you know we need to mm-hmm. change things in our summer. It's not you know, nothing's changed our long term planning. He talks about how we can't just react, you know, give contracts on a good performance, you know, get rid on bad you know, bad performance, i.e. as social media will do. Mm-hmm. Our transfers have to be on point. I like the way he talked about it as well. When he talked about his contract renewal, we knew it would be tricky, but that's the reason I signed the contract, you know, talking about that transition almost, shall we say. We can't do it right now, but we have to in summer. That's clear. Listen, Tom, we both know some of those comments. You're going to see it. It's going to be snipped, just a line here and there. But based on the full concept, shall we say, what you heard, are you getting the feeling that, and I get this is open to interpretation as I ask this, totally appreciate it, but do you get the feeling big changes are on the way in the summer? Yes, and I think one of the main things I took from him talking about it is that I think he actually he mentioned transfers in the summer ahead before anyone even asked him about it. Yeah, absolutely. To do with it. He mentioned, he said, it's, it's obvious, it's clear that we need to do things. And he touched on last summer, and like he said, we, we have a very certain way of doing things. He touched on last summer and said, we're not in a position where we can just buy a player and just hope it kind of works out, you know, just because we need a midfielder. Basically saying, if we need a midfielder, we're not just going to go out and buy the first midfielder that looks all right that we can get hold of and yeah. it doesn't work out. We Every transfer for Liverpool, every transfer needs to work. and Because they're, they're obviously so careful with every penny they spend. So, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I think we have thought for a couple of years, We I feel like we're going to every summer thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be a big one. We can do this, this and this. But this seems a bit different. He seems to be talking a lot more openly about the whole situation and how clear it is that we have to. Not mm. just that. Normally, if we get anything from him, it's yeah. If there's opportunity, we're absolutely going to be ready to do it. But yeah, no, he's now he's he's saying no. It's clear that we have to. And whether that's because we are in, he's just kind of adapting to the maybe desperate state that we're in in that position in that area or whether it is the fact that maybe they have a couple of things already lined up so then he feels confident enough that he can say that and he 
they're able to deliver on it. Um, but yeah, I think a big summer ahead. I think he's made that abundantly clear that it needs to happen. We all know it needs to happen. So it's kind of, it feels a bit more like clarity from his position and their position that they kind of feel the same way we do. So yeah, we'll see how it all pans out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating one. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It was him that, that raised it and, and he doubled down on it a few times about the summer as well without us being prompted. And then, Listen, I know I'm, I'm going to open myself up here and one of my good friends, another fan, has said, I'm absolutely mental for thinking the net spend will be anything above 75 million this summer. But I just just get the feeling that it will be. I mean, it's interesting the sort of the journal briefings that are clearly going on when, you know, Joyce, Maddox, the normal sort of suspects are, are saying on one hand that there's going to be multiple signings, but at the same time, the Champions League budget affected and I'm thinking both both could be true because you can still make signings, but maybe not yeah. the the top level for all. If you don't get the Champions League, if that's the right way of phrasing it, you know, cool. any club that doesn't get Champions League is going to have an impact on the budget. That's that's natural. But at the same time, as someone said the other way, we got that in the COVID season when we got third. I think the net spend was only about thirty five million or something the next summer. So you know, it, it is all all relative that way. I think also. <laughs> Trying not to talk about him, but the Bellingham talk for one minute it could affect it. That's the latest briefing. But the other, the other day, shall we say, or a few months back, we've been told that those funds have been ring fenced, earmarked, whatever you want to call it. So there's that. Also, as as I like Pop talked about, he's not going to give you a figure. He's not going to give you total detail. As he mentioned, these figures are going to be talked about the big conversations behind closed doors. But what he's also doing publicly to the owners. He leverages the pressure on them, doesn't he, by saying we need to do stuff in the summer. The manager's saying there's no... It's been one of the criticisms of Jürgen about protecting the owners too much from some, mm. hasn't it, not coming out. But, yeah. you know, let, let's be honest. He's being clear and saying we need to do stuff in the summer so that all that does is ratchet the pressure up on the owners. And at the same time, the other thing that, that makes me think, and whoever knows what's going to happen, and this is a topic that sends everyone wild, but investment. We've got John Henry on record for the first time in a God knows how long, being direct, talking about the questions that it's not, no, it's not a full sale. Yes, they are looking at investment. Does he think yeah. it will, will happen? Yes, he likely thinks it will, which then brings, you know, cash into the pot. And I know there's going to be cynics talking about, you know, what happened with Redbird and that money not translating, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, a topic for a whole different day. But, Foolishly, naively, optimistically, insert any word you wish. I just get the feeling, like you said, from the way Pop's talking about it, things will happen this summer. But totally appreciate that is a, a time will tell on that, shall we say, and we can argue that all day. But one thing, Tom, it's got to be done. We're going to have to revisit the Real Madrid clues from the other night. I mean... Um, Oh, what, what a game, what a game. I mean, literally in the first 15 minutes, we're in dreamland, aren't we? 2-0 all yeah. through. The Darwin flick, you know, Courtois' mistake for, for Salah, dreamland time. And then by the end, the absolute nightmare. And, and I don't say this lightly, it was a 5-2 hammering. You know, we, we were dominated, yeah. we were outclassed, there was no two ways about it. It's just, we, we can argue about the, the impacts of that. The Allison mistake, you know, for Vinicius Junior's second to make it two all, you know, his great goal for the first. But essentially, the second half we, we lost three 0 I mean, I'm thinking today, Klopp talked about it, didn't he? About it's not, and I agree with him again. It's not acceptable to concede five goals. But as we said, he was really keen to emphasise. You know, there were a lot of positives from the first half, and again. I'm, I'm using that phrase a few times, but I think Klopp really did this in the press today. He doubled down on it, saying, you know, listen, yeah. just to be clear, the first half was really good. I was really happy with a lot of what I saw in the first half. Probably a, a short and simple question, but not the shortest or simplest to answer. Yeah. What did you make of the performance overall on Tuesday? <laughs> it's a... It's, it's, there's two sides to it, right? There's the first 15, 20 minutes, and maybe a little bit when it was 2-1, where 
we just we were at them in yeah. typical typical Liverpool fashion, and you thought, oh, and especially off the back of the two previous results, you're sitting there thinking, oh my god, are we actually are we back? Are we kind of starting to? Is it all starting to make sense again? Is it all starting to tick? Have the guys kind of started to kind of clear that mindset and get in the? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. That that mentality, monsters, cliche thing. But, yeah, I mean, once they got a foothold in the game, it was pretty dire and pretty disastrous. And there was... It just kind of got to, it got to a point, I think, uh, I think that second goal just killed every bit of momentum that we did have. And yeah. we started from 2-2, from we started to see some individual performances start to crumble a bit start to, to kind of really fall apart and come apart and I think that you know even like players like Sabini I thought first half was, was decent and I thought it was one of the better games he's had in probably a year yeah and then second half was back to pretty last six eight ten months for being you know, and yeah kind of everything that has gone wrong this season all kind of compounded in the second half so yeah kind of not tale of two halves tale of one thirty minute, one sixty minute worth of performances. Yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd uh, echo that sentiment. I think well, we have that fragility. That's probably the word I'd use at the moment. And things can mm-hmm. just we can sort of balance on a knife edge. And, and listen, at the moment when we're good, we're really good. You know, we're seeing some magic at times from certain players as well. But it's as soon as that error happens, and listen, it, it's. Obviously, he's one of the world's best. He's absolutely sensational. This isn't a dig at him at all in any way, yeah. but he's another Alison, yeah, Alison error, so to speak, as well. And it just had that feeling of you felt everything evaporate hope wise a little bit from mm. from the stadium as well. So that here we go again moment, and it, that's it is the right word that fragility. It, mm. It's almost lazy punditry, just to like you said about Fabinho. People go, it's rubbish. It wasn't rubbish for ninety minutes. Let's you know. Let's be clear on that. There was some really poor stuff. I'm not going to argue. You know, the the legs, the old the Fabinho we've seen this season. You know, appeared. If that's the right phrase. But it's just moments that matter so much for us, and we, we almost can't seem to handle the adversity. It's if if that Allison error is some you know an alternative universe, but if that Allison error doesn't happen, you know that the scramble off the line. If you remember when it was a. Uh, yeah. Hendo went in, you know, right to the byline, pulled it back. Mo kind of got spun around, tried to back heel it. Darwin slid in, and I think if I'm right, won, yeah, because yeah. the tide again. Car- Carvajal clears it off the line, type of thing as well. So mm-hmm. it's just li- little moments like that we almost need to go for us. At the same time, if if anything doesn't, if there is a bit of adversity, it does seem to crumble a little bit. That's what we're seeing this yeah. season. Quite. Quite honestly, it also shows the, the stats for Liverpool's results that the first goal is massive. I know everyone's going to hammer and say, well, it didn't really matter the other night. I get that. <laughs> but as a general rule, it tends to be that that first goal or just that moment of adversity, we don't react well to it, which yeah. probably says why we are where we are in the league. You know, if someone said to you, what's a, a team that's about eight chasing for fourth, you'd probably say positive moments will have some good things, but we'll have glaring weaknesses which yeah, uh, yeah got exposed well and truly by Real Madrid yeah no two ways about it so we'll talk through the old this could be interesting anyone play themselves in or out from the other night 
One man who found himself right at the centre of social media was Joe Gomez, based on his performance. I mean, I'm asking this in the context of he, he went off, I think, with a hamstring injury. Plot was saying he felt like, you know straight down the tunnel, his hamstring tight. I suppose, yeah. When I'm asking this, Tom, does that make the decision anyway, or do you think it, it wouldn't have mattered? He'd be out, whatever. How do you see that one? Yeah, I think that might be a bit of an easy out for him. Um, yeah, again, I think it was um, he, he was kind of one of the prime examples of once it started to get a bit tough, he crumbled. And once the first mistake happened, it all started to compound. He was getting to every challenge a second late and bringing people down. He was like some of his touches were off. Some of the passing wasn't good. And yeah, it just kind of piled on top of one another for him. And I, I think, um, yeah, him having a knock, if he has got a hamstring issue, that might make a decision, you say, easy for Klopp. I think that might have been one he made anyway, because Matip's always been, for him, a reliable option there, despite mm. what his form has reflected in the last six months or so. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, even though like injury aside, I've kind of tipped Matip to come in and start for this one. I think Matt, uh, Gomez maybe, because I think it was always a toss up between those two anyway. Before I think it was the Newcastle game, right? I think it was the game before that. I think yeah. Everton, Matip, and Gomez played. And I think Gomez was the better of the two and kind of um, won his start in the next game, which you know he did okay. There was moments, but he did okay, and then. Yeah, it was it, he was never in a solid footing in that position anyway. I think it was a case of play game by game, see who's playing well and who warrants the place for the next game. So yeah, I don't think he did himself any favours. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's uh, the decision probably already been made, but it is an easy out, any sort of hamstring issue that he that he is carrying that way. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right, just a bit of adversity, but he, he get he's been hammered. Let's be let's be honest about it. He's been absolutely hammered this yeah. week on social media. There's never two ways about it. But at the same time, I understand the element of what I saw a, an honest comment about it. He's not he's not an absolutely terrible player. That'd be wrong. But he is at the scene of the crime mm. a lot. Joe Gomez. What you know, however you, yeah. you dress it up, so to speak. And you, you're probably right. It, it, there is a getting back to last season. It was Matip and Canate competing for the start against VVD. This season, due to yeah. injuries, probably both have maybe played more than I suspect Klopp and many of us would have liked, but that, that is what it is. Yeah. And then we seem to rotate those two, Matip and Gomez, based on, I don't know, who makes an in, who makes a blooper one week, who does something wrong, yeah. bit, that type of thing. So, Take yeah, that I, line. yeah, exactly that. I think it'd, it'd suit everyone. Probably moving, moving a bit up the pitch as well, because I won't ask for every position because we've still got a Neymar formation starting lineup. but moving a, a level yeah. up the pitch, the famous midfield area that's been well debated this season. Talking about anyone playing their way in or out, because another player who's been, well, players, Fabinho and Hendo, that have been talked about a lot this season, we badge. Do you think we'll see the same midfield for a fourth time in a row or are you well expecting changes in that? I'm well expecting changes. I think I was anyway, but then Klopp obviously mentioned that he would be making changes. Not because yeah. of anything to do with the performance. We'd pretty much have to based on the fact that we played like a few days ago anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I expect midfield to be in a position that gets rotated, whether that's bringing in Milner, whether it's bringing in Keita, whether it's at Harvey, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I expect at least one or two changes, yeah. Yeah, is a, I'd, I'd be absolutely astonished. Like you said, he was, he was really clear. And again, using that phrase, he doubled down on it, didn't he, about um, needing to make changes, maybe a, a few knocks, tiredness, etc. Think. Mm. The, the other thing he talks about, you know, needing to make changes for games, it also then makes no sense to play the same midfield for four games in a row. I could also yeah. tell the later the game went and the more minutes, you know, they were they were clocking up, it was quite clear that Hendo and Fab were playing their third game in a week or so. I thought yeah. that was, you know, really yeah. clear. I was, I was a little bit, 
very, very surprised that, you know, the same midfield started again and, and they just looked leggier and leggier as the the game went on. And I think, you know, because it, it gets a hammer in, but I want to put want to put it fairly in context. I thought Hendo played well against Everton. He wasn't as good as that against Newcastle. I know people are going to say it's an easy game against mm-hmm. Everton, the nature of it, but I thought he did play quite well. I yeah. thought, you know, he, he dipped further against Newcastle. And I probably expected a dip, you know, from him and Fab with it being the, the third in a week. So, yeah, I think yeah. on, on that we're going to be absolutely astonished if it's the same midfield. But we'll come to that with formation mm. and even, lineup shortly. Even badge. Yeah. Yeah, even Badge. Because obviously this the, the same midfield four games, right? But he played in games before the, this run, right? So it'd be more than four for him. So I think it'd be more than four for him. I can't remember about the games prior, but yeah, he retained You know, he's a young kid, and he's like what played five, six games in a row, maybe. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. An, it is a tough one. I mean, early on in, in the start of this run, or since he's come into the team, if you want, we saw him sort of cramped that Wolves game, didn't we? Not completed ninety yeah. minutes. It is a lot for for an eighteen-year-old kid. I also think the other night we saw as well that. Listen, he was trying his best. And, you know, you can't fault his um, enthusiasm. Yeah. And, and it wasn't necessarily his fault. I think he was being sold a few times by his more experienced colleagues. But at, at the same time, you know, for accountability, he was just starting to give it away. Passing wasn't quite on it. But mm-hmm. listen, the, the whole thing started to collapse late on, didn't it? So you've got to give him a pass on that yeah. one. But yeah, I think we'll all be absolutely astonished if there's not midfield changes. The forward three. Now, I kind of want to talk about this because and we've always thought about talking about it earlier. I mean, it got asked about in this press conference as well. This front three has got, you know, six goals in recent games. Mo started to, you know, get goals and assists. Darwin's got two in his last two, hasn't he? Got an assist as well against Everton. Gakpo started to look almost for, for all the talk like a... A Liverpool player, I'll use that phrase, almost dropping deep. Didn't have his, his best game here, but, you know, before this, still did okay and had two in his last two. Yeah. Forward-wise, then, I suppose, would you like to see this front three carry on? Bear in mind where the likes of Jota, Bobby, are for fitness. Would you like to see them almost just that stay the same, keep it exactly the same, the same three? I, I would keep it the same. And that, and I mean, I think the only reason I wouldn't would be based on minutes. But I think over the last three or four games where they've all started, mm-hmm. I think many of them, far Mo, have played 90 minutes. Right. So, like, there's been a couple of times where both Nunes and Gakpo have been hooked at 60, 70. Um, so, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't all start and be... You know, sharp and, and Klopp mentioned that the understanding between them is improving game by game, and we can see that, and you can see that with the goals the last couple of games as well. Yeah. Um, I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And with Bobby and, and Diogo kind of still not looking 100% coming on, I don't think either of them played particularly great in the last couple of games in their cameos. So 
I don't see the harm in just upping their minutes and sense of giving them 25, 30 if need be, if things aren't working. Just yeah. kind of up the minutes and give them the, the cameos until they, until they start to look that bit sharper and the other guys get a bit more minutes in their legs, then start to rotate. I don't think it's necessary. Although Klopp did mention can't play the same front three every game. And mm-hmm. we got away with it a little bit in the past with Mo and Sadio and Bobby being young and they were physical monsters. But yeah, we've got options. So I'm sure it'll all be dictated on how sharp those guys are looking in training maybe today and maybe how they're looking tomorrow morning if they do anything. But I mean, personally, I'd, I'd stick with the same point three whilst it's working and looking sharp and the understanding's building. I'd kind of ride the momentum that they're picking up between themselves. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I mean, like you say, the only, the only one who's never changes his mode just because he's in a great way. He's a physical freak, isn't he? His injury record's mm-hmm. unbelievable. That, that kind of comes as standard. Yeah. And, and I'd agree with that as well, especially Darwin. I've looked at it. He, he does always last about 60 minutes, you know, comes off then to protect it. I know he's had the um, small hammy issues, hasn't he? So they've just been maybe thinking yeah. about that, keeping that in mind at the same That's time. It, yeah. Gapo adapting as well. But yeah, for, for me, probably showing hand a bit for lineup, but I would not change that that front three. I think, as you mentioned there, Jota and Bobby, and, and this is understandable, this is not a dig at them at all. They're lacking match fitness and sharpness. Then you did see that against a top outfit the other night, just almost couldn't get, especially Jota, couldn't seem to accelerate the key times. Bobby couldn't sort his feet out in the area. And, Almost like it's a bit of a pre-season, shall we say. So, as it stands right now, yeah, they're, they're showing a... For all the the things that aren't going well, I think the real positive would be the front three are showing real signs of linking up, shall we say, and working together. So, yeah, that would be something I would not change at all. But we will absolutely see what happens there. We'll come on to it, because the formation and line is going to be absolutely fascinating on that one. Moving on to um, <laughs> Palace, because we, we've got to talk about Palace. I mean, an interesting yeah. side to play, a bizarre side to play. So, not one in 2023 in the league. So if you look at the last five, they've not, it's weird to say they've not won in the last five, but they've only lost one game, that United game at, at Old mm-hmm. Trafford. They, they drew four. They, they don't concede many, they don't score many. I know people are probably point towards that recent, I think, 4-0 drubbing at home to Spurs, but but that does look like an outlier rather than a, a consistent thing. Yeah. And they're one of those teams where it's like, you kind of look at them and go, yeah, they're never going to be brilliant, they're going to drop points at certain times, but you look at certain players, you know, the young players like Elise, Eze, you know, combined with the usual suspects like Zaha, but, you know, they have their threats. I mean, with that in mind and the way they play, is there anyone on their team, yeah. Tommy, thinking we really need to pay attention? You know, we need to do anything for where? I suppose where are you seeing their main threats coming from? Yeah, Elise and Eze scare me, especially Elise. I think um, based on what we've had trouble with in in midfield, where sometimes it's so easy to play through, it's so easy for even just competent players on the ball to just run through us. He's one mm. of the best at running with the ball, one of the best dribblers in the Premier League. So yeah. The, the idea of getting space or being able to expose certain areas and just run through us does scare me. And yeah, I think, and they've got good physical options up front with a bit of pace, a bit of power, regardless of whether they are, they've got like the goals in the team. I yeah. We are the, the kind of opportunities and chances that we've been conceding and affording teams, I think, kind of hedge your bets against anyone, any kind of Premier League forward in those positions getting a goal. So it's it's scary if they are able to exploit those midfield deficiencies and get through and they've got the pace and the power to get in behind us, then yeah, I think that's quite a scary prospect. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it almost sounds terrible, but the lazy punditry for this would just be Zaha. And that's not playing him down. That's yeah. not writing off. But, you know, it's natural. The first thing people talk about when talk about Palace, it's going to be Zaha. You know, he's, he is their main man, the main player. But like you yeah. said, I think the other two youngsters, especially with their 
sort of energy, you know, things off off the cuff at times as well. There is a bit of yeah fear around that. It's just it's the way we are at the moment. You probably fear most teams with with legs, pace, that type of thing going at us through the middle. Mm-hmm. That is that's naturally going to be a concern. I suppose with that in mind, Tom, do you think there'll be any sort of I say I'll call it special measures or adaptations? Do you think Klopp and his players will be thinking about with Palace in mind? Do you think he'll make any sort of adaptations or focuses in? Do this. Don't go. You know, go ahead of certain things on the full. Anything that you can think will adjust with Palace in mind specifically. You'd like you'd like to think so, but I've thought that a bunch this season where I thought it's an absolute must if we're going to get something out of a certain game, and we've gone ahead mm-hmm. and kind of still played the high line, still played the um, taking those risks. And especially if you think back to the game at Anfield at the beginning of the season, they they were heavy on exposing the high line quick and early, getting the ball in behind. Yeah. And I think that, in fact, the, the Zaha goal came from Eze going past people and playing the ball in behind, right? So I think um, that definitely needs to be factored in whether there's... It, when, I think the only the closest thing we'll get to kind of a special measure is who he selects for midfield. I think that'll be an indication. Maybe he sees... That right hand side, obviously, where there's normally but it's been Harvey or Hendo, t- typically where you'll find Eze. Whether, yeah, who he puts in there and whether there's any spe- specific instructions to them to make sure if he goes past you, either get the ball or you get him. Yeah. Just bring him down. Do not let that man run through the midfield. So that's the closest thing that I can think of, because I don't see us doing anything different with. The, the back line, uh, the, you know, how high or deep that line's played. I think we'll, we'll go there and try and play our game and impose ourselves on them for the most part, which we, we always do, regardless yeah. of who we are, really, which I don't know is the wise decision at the moment. But, you know, we're on a two-game winning streak in the Premier League. Maybe we need to kind of tap into that. And I think, you know, we've, we've touched on it quite a bit in this, is that, Cops talking about the positives from Tuesday, that sort of thing. Whether that's still because I, I think there was there was one point where he said he's not he, he wasn't in an overly bad mood after the game. Yeah, and my my immediate reaction was I was quite annoyed at that. I was thinking, no, I'd be you need to be literate of what you just watched. But maybe that's all part of the the mental game, and maybe just trying to translate a message will hopefully seek through to the players that there are positives, there are positives, there are positives. Whether he actually was in an overly bad mood or not, I don't know, but maybe that's all part of the game. But maybe that's just, guys, remember on two game winning streak in the Premier League, we play our game, let's not do anything specific in regards to how to stop them, let's make them worry about us. Because he, again, he's kind of said, said it a few times before in, in press conferences, it's all about making the game more uncomfortable for the other team than worrying yeah. about how they're going to make it uncomfortable for us. Yeah, it, it is a weird one. I, I I totally get that as well, especially about the thinking about it as a, you know as a manager as best we can. It'd be easy to just be like in a bad mood, but like if you're walking around with those clouds around your head, what does that do? You want it? He's naturally, I'm mm-hmm. sure. You know, from my limited psychology background here, thinking, you know, we need to lift everyone a bit here. You know, what's the yeah. right way to do it? You know, focus on the positives, still plenty to play for, almost just let it go, get it out of the system, that that Real Madrid result. And I think like you say, we've had these bits where we've, talked, we've gone through what I call our compact phase, you know, where that was the word each week, wasn't it? Compact, yeah. concise, yeah. you know, that was that was the focus, which brought us kind of dull nil-nils and not much threat. So we seem to have almost gone through that and again like you we, you talked about there the adjustment seems to be nah we're going to stick with the the high line you know now we start scoring again to be honest we're not too concerned about the compact it seems you know not not too much changes the only real difference I'd say recently is the fullbacks probably don't go if that's the right phrase as much as they used to but yeah and then again I thought at, at times Trent, especially against Real, you know, was, was high up the pitch the way yeah. it, they played it with um, Hendo on the right. So, yeah, I, I can't see any, spe- and that was my phrasing, any special measures specifically being applied for, for Palace. I think it'll be doing what we do 
and seeing what goes from there. So we come to the interesting bit then, the formation and the lineup. So if we think what we've got down on paper from you so far, Tom, you've got VVD and Matip as the centre-back pairing. Yeah. You've got the same front three as in Nunes, Gakpo and Salah, mm-hmm. which leaves probably the, the most contentious positions. It, we'll go least contentious first. Any fullback changes? Are you Trent and Robbo, or do you change anything at all? Um, I was going to say this. Yeah, no, I, I think it will be Trent and Robbo. I do think it will be Trent and Robbo, although I'm just part of me is wondering whether he he's not he's, he's done it already this season where he's taken Trent out and given him a game out, or he's brought yeah. him on later on. But no, I, I think it will be. Trent and Robbo, so it wouldn't surprise me if he did something weird and played Milner there or something like that. <laughs> Interesting. So, VVD, Matic, Trent, and Robbo for you. This will mm. be the interesting one. Midfield three, then, if you're keeping your front three the same. Who's your middle three? Fab. I think Fab starts again. Going off the cuff here, I'm still not 100% sure on what I think. Um, I, I want to see Naby in, but he's not, he's not even brought him off the bench the last few games. So I don't know yeah. where Naby even stands. So uh, it's hard to say that Naby's going to play. So maybe, maybe, I'm probably going to see it. I think, as much as I'd hate to see it, I wouldn't, I've got a feeling it's going to be something like Hendo and Milner in midfield. So. But then maybe Badge getting rested. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Or it could be Milner and Badge. Yeah. Interesting. So are you, is oh, that a bit oh, like who's between? Who wants to be a millionaire bit? Where it's like you've gone 50 50, where you're going to have to lock it in now. Are you sticking with Fab, Milner, and Hendo as your middle three? I'm going to go Fab, Milner and Badge. I'm going to go Fab, Milner and Badge. Fab, Milner and Badge. Fascinating. Okay. <laughs> this, this, this is the one. I, I don't care what anyone says when I was listening to this. Of course, people will wait till the lineup comes out and do that. Of course, I told you it's going to be this person. Absolute nonsense. The midfield is so difficult to read. And probably like you, I'm going to be honest. I had names and I was, you know, mentally scribbled it out, thinking no. And then you listen to his conference today and you're thinking, it's definitely not going to be the same three. You know, that's pretty much abundantly yeah. clear. So, and, and it was the same three for three games in a row. So they're not going to, they're not going to do a fourth as we talked about. So there's going to be some changes in there. For me, this is what I'm honestly thinking. I'm thinking Hendo will play. I think he came off, so I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Mm. Listen, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench. There's, you know, there's zero confidence, I'm saying this. But I have a feeling Badge, Nabby, Hendo. Ooh. But at the same time, let me be crystal clear on that. Would it surprise me if, if Harvey starts? Absolutely not, especially on that right. I know no one likes it, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Would it surprise me if, you know, Milner starts? No. Even, it would, listen, it would surprise me. The line if I said it didn't, that if, you know, if Fab starts, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't, and that's a weird thing to say, but it wouldn't at the same time have anything to go in. So, yeah, yeah. That, that midfield three, I think, is just not near on impossible, but pretty difficult to predict what will be served up. Yeah, exactly. And you can argue it before that team lineup comes out all day long and I'd understand every aspect of the argument. But yeah. He's got listen, he's gotta he's gotta get it right because they do have that that strength in midfield and there's got to be the, the cover. But yeah, well we'll see. The middle three, very difficult to predict. I think both of us have got zero confidence in our lineups, but let's see. And the mm. final prediction Tom, the very final yeah. thing, and again just to reiterate, I am now three to ahead, so it's beat the host. So the score and the first scorer. The guest always gets first dibs as well. Okay. 
what you're going with. I'm going to go with a Darwin Nunes first goal in the first 10 minutes. Nice. And a 2-2 final score. Oh, you started it nicely and then just brought it right down. Fair enough. Yeah, so, yeah. a Nunes opener followed by a 2-2 draw. Interesting. If he's not going to be Darwin, he's got to be most Salah at the moment. That was a That's yeah. the obvious one. So, I'll go Salah. I don't see there's any way we keep a clean sheet for, for obvious reasons, the way things are going. But at the same time, we have got goals in the team. So, I'm going to go Salah and a very nervy, a scruffy 2-1 victory. That is probably more heart than head, in all honesty. So, well, I Tom goes 4-2 up. By yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, Tom going 2-2 with the Nunes opener early on. I'm going Salah in a scruffy 2-1 victory. So, yeah, just a reminder, ladies and gents, there is the embargo at half 10 tonight, so we'll see what, what that brings. But... Fingers crossed, it is a great Saturday night all round when we're scruffily, handsomely, whatever it takes to beat Crystal Palace. But thank you for your time. And that was another post-conference presser. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.